0: Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter
1: Miller. And welcome back. Today we have a a real innovator and social enterprise supporter, Ashmel Sattar, and he's from an organization called Small Economy Works. So we're gonna drill down as we get into it. And first of all, I'd just like to welcome Ashmel and uh, say, have you tell us a little bit about your academic background.
0: Hello, Peter. It's great to be on your podcast today. The give back economy is definitely something that I'm passionate and interested in. So looking forward to the conversation today. Um, as far as my academic background goes, most uh, while I have finished a bachelor's degree in finance from the University of Ottawa, most of my experience has come from working in the field. And it's come from failing at different enterprises and failing upwards in a way. So trying different projects learning from others, learning from my own mistakes, and continuing to have that university in the field type experience with my professional career.
1: So were you employed at any point in time before starting your business? Yeah, I had a
0: a few jobs in the past. I uh, worked, I, I studied finance, so I worked at a bank for a while Um, and that taught me that it's not something that I want to do long-term. I also worked in China for a toy company. I did digital marketing there, but ended up pivoting to work with the CEO of the toy company on other entrepreneurial ventures. So the traditional 9-to-5 jobs never really stuck for me.
1: Sounds like you're an entrepreneur as well as being an entrepreneur that you now are.
0: Indeed, indeed. I think um, all employees should be thinking about the bigger picture when it comes to whatever their job, whatever jobs they're in, and that would lead to a better experience for yourself and also your employer when you're trying to innovate and come up with the best possible solution for not just your particular role, but for the company as a whole.
1: So out of this, you created Small Economy Works. Can you tell us how Mm -hmm. you came up with that name?
0: Absolutely. So Small Economy Works essentially represents this idea that regardless of where you are, you can innovate and be an entrepreneur and build economy. And uh, times in the conversations that we have today regarding innovation and the future of business, um, rural, remote, northern communities are often not included in that conversation. It's not really a part of the design of where economic development strategies often are thought of. And so small economy work is about the capacity building and development of young people and different folks that live in small communities, as well as working on strategies that are particularly uh, relevant and effective when you may have a smaller population size or you may be in a more isolated area and not as connected to the bigger levers of a national or provincial or territorial economy.
1: So one of the uh, groups that I work with, and maybe I should share this with you, was uh, talk about marginalized, was homeless people, And uh, we created a homeless entrepreneur program that can also be used for incarcerated people. And so what we did is we identified 150 businesses that could be started for under $50. But uh, what I'd like to know is a little bit more about some of the partnerships. So for example, have you heard of an organization in Quebec called C-E-D-E-C. That stands for Community Economic Development and Employability Corporation. Mm -hmm. And I can connect you with them if it's of interest. Another one that you may find interest is called uh, Next Door. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Okay. So there's another interesting one that might be of interest to you. What they're doing is they're creating uh, communities who can reach out in terms of different services and just for activities that are happening in neighborhoods. So once again, very interesting, and I'll, I'll provide you the contact. For that one as well, but let let's get back to small economy works. so sure. let's talk about I guess are you doing services and programs or both? We're doing both and um, our work has
0: primarily focused in on the development of training programs, so we have been operating an entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship training accelerator for the past five years up in nunavut under the name inspire nunavut and the idea of our core training accelerator is that if you hyper localize technical entrepreneurial content to geographic places culture and lens of the world, um, there's a higher likelihood of the content and information being learned. And on top of that, the other thing about it is gaining technical and soft skills is always better when you're doing, rather than sitting in a classroom in front of a Whiteboard, or um, just reading it from a book. So, our belief is that when you attempt to start a social enterprise or a business or a community project while you're learning technical content related to business and in general, and marketing and business models and everything else that revolves around the business. It would lead you to be more employable at a minimum. It would increase your soft skills and your future skills, such as resiliency and curiosity and adaptability. And then um, if you're truly that entrepreneurial individual, you can take your business venture and turn it into your living. So um, commercialize and sustain whatever business model that you continue with. So ultimately, everyone should be able to think like an entrepreneur regardless of the direction or pathway that you end up taking with your professional career.
1: So are you teaching uh, these people about both entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship?
0: Yes, Um, we, we bring it down to the basics of understanding systems and a problem, but also yourself and contrasting those two discoveries into a tangible experience, which would be the starting of whatever you're most passionate about, whether it be related to a traditional skill-based business or if you want to start a social enterprise um, where you would be using the business model to exponentially accelerate your social or environmental impact or finally just to create a community project or a research project Um, we're, we're agnostic in terms of the actual engine but the belief lies in the fact that the engine is a key element of learning
1: Ashma, can you tell me a little a few examples of businesses that have started as a result of the training
0: yes absolutely um so in the north there's been different different examples um, we've had skills-based entrepreneurs who have taken their ability to, say, sew parkas from sealskin, and turned that into an e-commerce brand, um, which they now continue to sell products locally and across the north. Um, other folks have decided to start projects such as a food bank or a uh, the community's first recycling program, a lot of the communities might be quite small in size, ranging from five hundred to seven thousand people. and so ultimately, whatever people identify as the challenge at hand, that's what they develop a business model around. So we've had bakeries, we've had people who have taken their artistry and turned it into something more digital in nature, such as developing logos and doing graphic design. We've had people start programming for other youths. There have been projects related to food And there have been projects related to um, starting a virtual reality arcade. Um, And and a lot of other more basic business models that just relate to selling products and services.
1: Now, a few days ago when we uh, first talked about this, You had some very exciting news based on a grant that you just received. Can you tell us about that, please?
0: Um, Well, it's still being, the details are still being figured out, but ultimately we're going to be in a position to expand our work across the Arctic and uh, work with many more youth. And the model, I should add, um, so the approach that we use, we call it hyperlocalization. And so what that means is at the beginning of the development of a program in any place that we work, there's um, what's called a social lab process that happens where we bring together people from different stakeholder groups within that region, ultimately to inform a learning approach and an ecosystem that would support young people in their entrepreneurial learning journey. And so what we're going to be able to do even better now is to um, work with experts from each region and, let, and build the platform for them to be the ones to share information and uh, learning materials in the approach and language and um, style that works best for the young people from that particular place.
1: So just to clarify, are you revitalizing the community or just individuals within the community?
0: Well, I believe that the revitalization or even the excitement and energy of a couple of individuals can make a huge impact across a community. Our programs work with um, Up to 15 people in a community for between three to six months and if even ten of them are starting little projects or businesses it creates an effect in the communities that is quite positive. What we've seen in the past is you know people will start people from the program will just start businesses and then other people will start to join and do it on their own and it creates a little bit of that pinball effect. Um, and so that's one of the effects of the program and the specific training pro- accelerator. Um, and But there are other ways as well to revitalize, more in a technical sense because I think the communities themselves have quite a bit of um, infectious, positive energy, as entrepreneurial energy that already exists. It's just a matter of um, cultivating it and showing young people some pathways that make sense for them as they're aiming to um, improve their own lives and ultimately improving their own lives. Uh, is intrinsically connected to improving the community.
1: So, is this for startups only, or does it include existing businesses?
0: Well, it's 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 right now. It's for the most part focused on people, um, individuals. It's a skills-based accelerator, and so these individuals are often starting new ventures. But what we're working on is developing more readily available content and material for the general public so the impact can go further. We've just been really focused in on perfecting the approach and the the materials and building that digital infrastructure that could allow for a scaled-up learning experience and approach, at least for the organization itself. So the other thing to mention is that the programs in each region are led by leadership teams that are from the region. So, for example, um, in Nunavut, um, most most people who live there are Inuit. Um, and the managing director of Inspire in Nunavut, her name is Sandra Kaunak, And she lives in Iqaluit, and she leads all of the operations in the territory. And so Small Economy Works' job is more to be that platform that is feeding into everything Sandy does. So she has the digital infrastructure to be able to do uh, the work that she needs to do that is specific to um Nunavut and the young people that we we're working with there.
1: So it sounds like a lot of your program is face to face with the virus now in place. Has that altered the way that you're delivering your program?
0: Yes, definitely. It really um it came as a <clears throat> it came as a a shock, obviously, as it did for everybody. We were about to start f- four new programs, and so we had to put that all on hold. And the team's been working on bringing everything digital, and we're. But I think it's been positive as well because it's forced us to rethink how we could bring our experiences of working with um, this specific population and into informing how how to create a more holistic digital learning experience Um, so I'm excited for what we're currently building um, and I think it's going to be pretty special in terms of how we can provide asynchronous learning and synchronous learning digitally but ultimately also to prepare for when things get back to normal and we can we can sort of um, test what the best A, B, um, sort of, we can A, B test what the best blended, optimal blended training experience could look
1: like. Now, in these communities, do they have kind of the equivalent of a board of trade where people can gather together and share their ideas and share their information?
0: Yes, yes. So um, there are many different organizations that are focused on economic development. There are chambers of commerce within each region. There are funders. And so there's an existing uh, robust ecosystem, mostly consisting of financiers. Um, And they're there for when you're ready to access funds. But a lot of young people don't have the capacity to take advantage of that yet. So that's what our job is, is that streaming of getting more people to a point where they can access all of the resources that are available.
1: Okay. Social enterprise is kind of a, a below the level that you're dealing with. Have you tried to introduce and educate the communities that you're dealing with in terms of terminology and what it means?
0: Absolutely. And since we started five years ago, uh, what we initially found was that traditional business may not have the best brand in a lot of the communities as it was seen by some as a more individualistic um, path, whereas social enterprise connects very well with culture. And so in Nunavut, the government has developed a set of principles um, called the IQ principles. Um, It stands for a longer word that I can't say right now, (laughs) but ultimately... Um, These principles are almost exactly in line with the principles of social enterprise. So the idea of collectivism and um, creating business models that impact the community positively and then the environmental sustainability component. So there's quite a bit there that is in alignment. So when we talk about social enterprise, it's actually the best way to approach um, business models and business itself. And oftentimes our students um, tend to want to start a social enterprise or a social impact business, a social purpose business.
1: So how do you measure the results of all the programs that you're uh, implementing in the various communities?
0: Yeah, so that's actually one of our greatest challenges, and and it's something we're working on. In that the young people that we work with have worked with in Nunavut, um, it's it's not the same. It's not the same as running a program in the city. So um, a lot of the measurement happens through storytelling. Um, the traditional benchmarks, the quantifiable benchmarks of uh, if somebody is able to attain a job or if somebody is able to start a business are not good enough. And sometimes um, it takes people years to get to the outcome that was intended at the beginning of the program, but it's still positive. So, for example, I've had participants who may have been going through a really rough time during during when the program was going on And they had to drop out due to personal reasons. And so in our reporting, it came off as a zero out of one, non-complete. But then I got a call from the same person a couple of years later saying that the program put them on a path and gave them the skills and ability to start to chip away at the barriers that existed for them to reached their goals, and they were now in a six-figure job, um, which is a huge success in contrast to where they were and what they felt like when they started the experience. So due to this, what we're trying to do now is have a much more robust and comprehensive methodology and approach when it comes to measuring the soft skills I mentioned. Um, the future skills, which are becoming more and more important in the job market. And that will be one further way for us to measure and share the relative growth and impact that's happening within the participants.
1: Okay, here's a, a challenging question. Small economy works. 24 months from today, what will it look like?
0: So 24 months from now, we will be operating in the whole Arctic um, and we will most likely have a very innovative online school that's up and running, specific to the topics that we cover. And have the infrastructure needed to scale and share uh, how we teach and how we learn with many more people. Okay. So it'll be our our transition from a small a small uh, little startup to a more robust and professional organization that can scale these types of initiatives much better.
1: And using digital much more than you have been up till now.
0: Yeah, and I mean, not getting away from what we feel works best, which is the in-person and is the um, cultural, local learning experience, but using that knowledge to inform a digital experience that can be much better. Um, I think there's a lot of room to improve when it comes to the online training world and the online learning world uh, for what we can do in terms of um, making that experience more effective and more measurable and more engaging for young people, which ultimately will lead to more employable young people, it will lead to more businesses and social enterprises, and there would be that highly leverageable asset um, which can scale all those learnings quite a bit.
1: So Ashma, what you've uh, outlined to us today is you are a passionate social innovator and you've created Small Economy Works to really make a difference. And uh, how how do people uh, reach your organization?
0: Right, so we can be reached on our website at smalleconomyworks.com and our email is info at small and we all see whatever emails come through there and we're happy to collaborate with others who are working in the social impact and learning and entrepreneurship development space.
1: Okay, well, thank you for your time today. And we look yeah, forward no, thank to you, Peter. Uh, seeing uh, success in the media of what you've accomplished.
0: Well, I appreciate that. We are still at the beginning stages of a long journey, but we'll be working hard to get there.